What's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of the My Parents Office podcast. I am your host, Andrew Diaz, and today we have a special guest on via Zoom, host of Play the Hits Periscope and producer for the Jerry Callahan Show, Dave Cullinane. Dave, what's going on? Sorry, sorry. It's, uh, it's very challenging not to laugh when you say host of the Play the Hits Show. I know, I know. So, <laughs> what, so you host the Periscope every morning. It's like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, what made you want to do, pretty much do that? So I've been in, uh, you know, I don't know how, ba- how far back you want to go, but I, you know, I started in radio, went to school wanting to be in radio and all that stuff. Yep. Um, so the, the media side has just always been a part of my life, whether I worked within it or whether I'm doing other stuff, like my, my day job is in the mortgage industry. So, mm. uh, but I've always, I've never let go of content. I won't let go of content. It's just, it's kind of like, uh, I guess you could call it a passion, but it seems aggressive to, <laughs> to talk like that on my end, but it's yeah. pretty passionate on your end when you're doing the scope. So Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's super fun and it's engaging with people in a community. You're a part of it all the time. You make me laugh just like everybody else makes me laugh. But uh, really so the, the, the starting point, just to answer your question, the starting point of it was, I, I, it's, I guess you could say COVID. I mean, I guess just mm-hmm. from the, the impetus, of, not that I didn't go live on Periscope randomly from time to time, but um, I've just because of my family life and, and COVID, I get into the office at like four o'clock in the morning. And I think I, I told this story on the, on the scope, but that's not like a flex by any means. It's more of my wife doesn't have a flexible job in her life. So I get to the, if I don't get to the office at four o'clock in the morning, I won't get shit done. Cause I got to grab the kids at like 1230 in the afternoon and stuff like that. So it's more out of necessity. And I just kind of reached that point somewhere around like six o'clock I'd be in there at four and two hours later I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go get a coffee. And I just kind of realized that I was ending up like reading for 20 minutes on my phone, you know, whether it be barstool, whether it be, you know, some random articles. And I was like, yeah. you know what, why don't I just like, why don't I just try it? I'm consistently doing something for 20 minutes. It feels like every day at 6am just reading. Why don't I just go live and, and see what happens? And, uh, and it's not even, I don't give a shit about the numbers or give it, it's, it's just more about the consistency of like, it's almost like a little hangout. It's like a big zoom conference kind of thing. And, and You're doing it, it for become, the people pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know it's kind of like gimmicky and I say that, but it really is just like laughs with, you know, if everybody could put cameras on and come on the scope and do what I do at the same time, it'd be the exact same thing. <laughs> Excuse me. It'd be the exact same thing probably. So it's more, it's more just like, I don't know, I'm, I'm there. There's a camera there. I'm playing music. We're laughing and it's created a gimmick out of it. And you just kind of, you just kind of wing it. <laughs> that's kind of the, 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 uh, the, um, you know, that's kind of the story behind it. It's super random. I don't even know every day I go into it, like what the hell am I going to do? But it just, it just <laughs> yeah, kind of plays it- itself out. It's pretty awesome. But so you didn't start on Twitter, right? You had, you bounced around on different platforms, correct? Uh, I mean, my personal stuff, I, the, the Twitter is like, not that I have a lot of followers, but Twitter, like Kirk, I, I don't know, you WWE fan. I use this language all the time. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I use this language like it to put a wrestler, like Vince McMahon puts a wrestler over by just doing yep. something deliberate, like Kirk. Uh, filling in for three weeks for Kirk put me over, I guess you could call it on social media, right? So all of a sudden people started following me because of kind of the character that that he created. Um, not that I'm like a character, I'm just a fucking lunatic by nature. Um, <laughs> but it's it just kind of uh, grew from there where it was like, all right, if that's where 
the majority of people are interacting with me. Why don't I just like kind of go all in? So I'm on Instagram. I'm like, I screw around on TikTok, not, not religiously or anything like that, but Twitter is like where the engagement is for me. So I just kind of dial it in. And then from the Periscope standpoint with the morning thing, I mean, it's pretty clear that I should not be doing what I do in the morning, not from a, um, uh, not from like an FCC type of thing, but like the music and stuff like that. The Periscope's the only place I can do it. So, yeah. and I know I've like gone off on on Paris on uh, different platforms about that. But that's, you know, if I went on YouTube, I'd be kicked off in minutes. You well, know? so you've gotten kicked off of Twitch also, right? Or like banned from Twitch? Yeah, I mean, I was dramatic about it. I, I went on, played <laughs> some music, got a couple warnings, and then just decided to have a laugh about it. And I probably could keep trying, but it's. Uh, Twitch is like one of those ones too. Twitch just came out with like their own, I think, I, I can't remember now because uh, this is when it was going on, but they came out with like a product for music for streamers and, and video game streamers and all that stuff. Oh, really? That, yeah, to play, you know, um, license, not, not music like the pop music that we play or the rap music or whatever, but just like royalty free music or whatever like that. So they're like, they're really cutting back or not cutting back. They're just really aggressive on if you play Lil' Kim or if you put, I don't know why I just said Lil' Kim. We played that this morning. That's the most random reference to just like drop out there. If we played <laughs> Justin Bieber, they'd, yeah. crush, they'd crush me on Twitch in a second. They'd crush, they'd just crush me. So, and I've had that problem with, uh, with Facebook, YouTube, with podcasts and stuff. So of course mm-hmm. what we do on Periscope is just going to get buried. So. Now you said pretty much when working with Kirk, that kind of brought like brought you in, like got you kind of bigger on social media. What was it like uh, filling in for Steve? on the Kirk Minahan show. It was a blast. It was for me, it was a blast. Uh, you know, and, and Mike was there too. And I don't know. It was like, it was, I, I, I went to, I'm not gonna say I went to school. I knew I'd end up in radio, right? Like my, my background story is, uh, my cousin dated like a kiss one. You're local, right? Like a kiss 108 DJ. Yeah. And, and he brought me into the studio when I was, uh, like I don't know, five years old or something like that, and I always give him shit to this day. Like you, you jinxed me. Like you, you made me, you forced me into a career of radio, which was like the worst <laughs> fucking thing you could possibly do to a guy like me, I guess. Um, but it's just I knew I'd end up there, and so I always, I'm very grateful. I think a lot of people are grateful. You know, you're in college, so you're going to be looking for that first job out of college, yep. and 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 you're you want to go down your passion project, but and you almost like convince yourself any job along the lines of the industry I'm trying to get at is good, right? Like it, it, right, took, me like 50, it took me 10 years to realize that, you know, yes, I want to be in radio or yes, I want to create content, but I want to create the type of fucking content that I, that I want to be a part of, you know, and it's no disrespect to all the people that I worked with. It's just, and, and it's also not a testament to anything with me and skill set of any kind or anything like that. I'm just a yeah. producer. It's just more of, you know, when I wanted to get into radio, I guess, I wasn't like a huge Howard Stern guy, but that's the type of content that I would want to be a part of, right? Like, like the today, edgier kind of raunchy. Edgier, kind of like today's version of all the Barstool stuff that we all yeah. follow. That's the content. But I just found my way into like financial radio and there's pros and cons to how it like molded me into my mindset where I'm at today. But Kirk's filling in for Kirk show was like that first opportunity where I got to be a part of content that like I was very interested in it right and basically it's i don't want to overcomplicate it it's literally just laugh right like it's it's just i want to create content that makes me laugh that makes other people laugh that you know that's all i care about that's what the periscope's all about like even this week people were like criticizing the periscope in a serious way and i was like it's a clear gimmick (laughs) you can't can't take it too serious because you're there to have fun everybody that everybody that understands it is there to have 
fun and laugh along with you and listen to music. Yeah, I mean, I want to be made fun of, and then I want to make fun of you, and I like the right. every. It's not a visceral thing across the board or anything. It's just literally to have fun. And so, you know, back to your question, like Kirk was that first opportunity to quote unquote have fun, right? And you know, and, and to be honest with you, I was just filling in. So there's not a lot of expectations out of me for those three weeks. I would assume, even though I think there was one show where like Kirk asked me to do something. I'm like, you realize I'm the villain producer like you're 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 asking me to do it but i'll give him credit like he when somebody's you know charged to do a job he considers like i don't give a shit if you're a film producer or an intern you know what i mean yeah i give guys like that i i haven't met too many people that um that are like that in in the business or at least through my path in the business uh like him he was certainly unique so it was a blast it was by far the best uh you know at that point you know, if it was a year and a half ago or whatever, at that point, I'd, I'd worked in media to some capacity for like almost, I don't know, Jesus, damn near 10 years for Christ's sake. Uh, that was by far the best content I've ever been a part of, like by a mile, you know, so and the content that I want to be a part of. So it was it was just a blast top to bottom. Now, how did you and Kirk end up pretty much getting together, like for you to be the film guy? Because I know when <laughs> yeah. he was at Radio.com uh, doing his, enough about me. He hired you originally to be the producer, and that was short-lived. Yeah, sure was. Yeah, I'd say uh, 48 hours is pretty short-lived. You know, I can be a – you want to freaking send – you should send me to, like, colleges to talk to kids about jobs and and, and experiences (laughs) like that. That was was a wild experience. Uh, I I still think Kirk has – and not that he does it serious, he does it to laugh, but like it's it's not as serious as I think sometimes it comes off to be. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah, well, it comes off. At, well, so a little background um, yeah. about it. So you got hired as. By Kirk. the way, where? Oh, okay, you're setting this up. I thought you had like inside information that you were about to, uh, dis, you know, that you knew oh, about this situation that I didn't. No, no, no. So you were Kirk's, uh, produ- got hired as Kirk's producer for his podcast at radio.com enough about me yes and so you were able to get alan dershowitz on the podcast um and ended up (laughs) you told him that you were going to talk about the Mueller report or the the Mueller report report. yep the Mueller report yep Uh, Um, so the background really is so i got hired i think i don't know if i was a recommendation from carlson mosdes i think is how you pronounce his name who is a digital guy at Entercom that I knew, or I, I thought I heard on a show in the past that Steve, cause I know Steve was his number one choice after Ken and Chris. So we figured that out when I was in there for the three weeks. I don't okay. know if I've known Steve, uh, how he used to do his show out of a office that I worked out of in radio. He, he built his whole network out of there. So I've known Steve for years through that. Gotcha. And then, so I don't know who recommended who, whatever, I guess it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I was hired to, I was hired to do it. And before I was even on the payroll, I, the podcast was only enough about me, right? So it was one-on-one interviews like you and I are yep. doing now. And I was just thinking in my head, who can, I, who can I help book? He was booking all the guests and I, we hadn't even talked about it. He never gave me like a list of people to go reach out to. And I knew just from following social media that he was interested. We've been, we did this during the three weeks I was there, but I knew yeah. he was interested in Dershowitz. But like at that time, I wasn't reading about the Jeffrey Epstein case. I wasn't reading about Alan Dershowitz's possible involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. I just knew that there was some, some interest. Like I just, 
yeah. you weren't like a hundred percent sure like about you didn't know I wasn't anything. That's that. why I said yeah. I mean I wasn't anything. And he gives me shit like, oh, if you just said I want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein, it's like maybe he would have said yes, maybe we did, but it really didn't matter. I was literally yeah, just yeah. trying to book a guest that I thought he was interested in. I had had I had booked Eps, uh, I had booked Dershowitz on old shows that I produced like freaking 20 times at that point so i just emailed him and out of the blue he says yes which is fine i, I didn't even think anything of it because i always thought he was an easy get anyway so i didn't even right. i didn't think of it um and it, the story like evolves after he does the interview because i didn't know what kirk wanted to talk to jeffrey epstein about so because i hadn't started with with kirk because we never talked about booking him it wasn't like a sh- strategic plan or anything like that I looked up Dershowitz and I said, what's the, like, what's one of the f- things he's talking about in the media right now? Oh, like the big thing he's doing, like a kind of like a media, quote unquote media tour about. If you searched his name, what's the first thing that comes up? Is he on MSNBC, CNN? And it was the Mueller report, right? Yeah. Which I told Kirk, or I, yeah, I said to Kirk, he wanted to talk to the Mueller report or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, and it was the Mueller report. So that's what I emailed him very quickly about. Can you come talk? And the reality was as anything, like I know, it could go in varying different, like when you book a guest, they could cover seven topics for all you know. You know what I mean? But yeah. that was just like the main one I saw him out there doing. So we just, I, I put it out there and I didn't think anything of it. I just like literally did not think anything of it. Um, and then the only other thing that, you know, after they did the interview and stuff that came up, and this, this part, and I'm over it now. I used to like fight with Kirk about it when he would like bring it up on the show or whatever but they'd say you lied and you used a boston globe email to book him and i will tell you the exact thing that i did i have a gmail account that i've always used i would book alan dershowitz on my gmail account if i wanted like you just emailed me right now right you emailed me the zoom link right if next week i i want to email you because i just want to email you a random article or just to say hi or whatever yeah i'm gonna reply from that email like, I'm going to reply from the email from the Zoom. I'm not going to create, compose new email, type your email address, and then write a new thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I learned my lesson, by the way. Maybe I would, like, now. But a year and a half ago or whatever it was at this point, two years ago, I just said, I, t- I looked at Gmail, I typed in Alan Dershowitz, and I replied to our latest email. And our latest email, oh. and our latest email had the subject line. Uh, the show I produced was called the Boston.com Morning Show. Okay. And so it's, it, it had, like, it was like re, you know what I mean? R E colon yep. or whatever, the boston.com morning show. And I just replied to it and I said, can you do an interview uh, on the, on the Mueller report with Kirk Minahan? And that was, I didn't even think anything of that then, you know what I mean? Because it was like, right. it's so second nature to me to like reply to an old email to a person I've communicated with. So it was just like a cluster fuck of fuck ups. Yeah. That was like, so it's clearly, it was destined to fail on my, you know? <laughs> so it's it's you know but that's why when kirk like tells the story it's it's so easy uh and maybe he does maybe he does think like a lot of the stuff i did was deliberate and i'm an asshole and that's fair if he wants to believe that i'm just mm-hmm. saying it, i just didn't so whatever but either way it, it was a bad judgment call on my end to be like let me just guess what they want to talk about let's just let it happen and whatever i still think dershowitz is a fucking asshole because at the end of the day if he was okay talking about it did he really have to get a nobody fucking producer fired because of it did he have to cause fucking hysteria over it i don't know i probably deserve it but he's still a fucking asshole he, he threatened a lawsuit correct I don't know. I, I literally, I, the next involvement was just basically getting shit on by this guy in New York who ran radio.com and he just gave me shit about it. And I kept saying, and nobody gives a shit. I keep, I kept saying like, 
you can fire me all you want. I just want you to know, like, I just want to let you know, like my intent was not to manipulate a soul. <laughs> I just want you to know well, intent. That's all I care about. It's like you harmed by it. You just wanted to get Alan Dershowitz on. Correct. Well, I mean, I wanted to get Alan Dershowitz on right. so Kirk had content, but like I didn't yeah. even know enough to care that Alan Dershowitz would come on. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point is like, I just don't want people to think I would ever like purposely manipulate somebody to get what I wanted when it just, that wasn't the case at all. So whatever, it's probably still a fireable offense, but I just think there's still assholes in the situation like all around. Cause they, they, I mean, at the end of the day, they just didn't care to hear me out, I guess. I don't know, whatever. It's over now. It's not the end of the world, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a it was a forty eight hour interesting experience, I guess. You know. So, so after you after you do your three weeks with the Kirk Minahan show on Barstool, yep. um you end up you're producing Jerry the Jerry Callahan podcast now, yep. correct? Yes. Yep. Um what's that experience been like with uh Jerry? It's been great. I mean, Jerry's awesome. So I've met same thing, like starting with Kirk or whatever. And I appreciate the introduction because I've always respected those two, um, especially the, the KNC show was just phenomenal. Yeah. I would always have to watch that or listen to that on demand just because if I was working in the morning or whatever, but that, that show was just amazing. So just to, to get the opportunity to be introduced then to Jerry uh, from Kirk was just, I don't know. I was really appreciative of it and it was a great opportunity. It's great to watch him do what he does. I mean, the guy is just unapologetically, he is who he is, you know what I mean? Like just top to bottom. Uh, And I always thought of him differently, even before I got to know him and before I even worked with the Kirk situation and stuff like that. I just, he's just a guy that you feel like is having a conversation. I know this is kind of stereotypical, but conversation at a bar, right? That he talks the way I would walk in and hear people talk about politics at a bar or hear my dad, who's a blue collar construction worker, talk about politics or something like that. And I always, whether I agreed with him or not, I just appreciate that mentality versus I met a lot of people in radio who I felt just were like playing a character almost, you know, like there's just people. It sound very, he, he, yeah. he need to make it sound real because it is real when he talks about it. Yeah, he cares. And I mean, I even disagree with, with Kirk this week. They, they had their little spat about like Conan O'Brien. Jer- Jerry tweeted about yeah. Conan O'Brien was like, this guy's talentless, whatever. And Kirk tweets back at him all the reasons why Jerry shouldn't have said what he said. Not that he shouldn't have said it, but just like, oh, he produced, he wrote these Simpson episodes, whatever. To me, Kirk said, that's not Jerry. He doesn't believe that on his show the other day. It's like, no, that is Jerry. He's a fucking impulse guy. The guy's a liberal. Conan O'Brien's a liberal. And Jerry's just like, fuck you. You're an asshole. I don't really need to have my reasons. I just think you're an asshole. That to me has always been Jerry. That's who I, now he knows Jerry on a personal level that I'll never know, but I felt like that's the Jerry that I've always listened to. That's Jerry. I know. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I don't know where I was going with that, but just basically that he's just, he's himself top to bottom. I've never seen him be fake. I think Kirk even said this week on the show that Jerry doesn't believe that the election was yeah, stolen. Yeah, he had mentioned that he didn't believe the election was stolen. He's kind of playing a character. Okay. So I'll throw that back then on Kirk is that Kirk, you don't listen to Jerry's show. So you don't hear what Jerry's saying in the full context. Jerry has said that he believes there's election fraud going on, but there's not enough to change the results. That is what Jerry has said, the top to bottom. Does Jerry maybe go a little bit overboard on like retweeting shit on Twitter about all that stuff? Sure. But he, he, that's what he said on the show is that he believes there's rampant fraud. It's not going to change anything, but I want to see the guy fight it to the death. That's, that's what I've heard at least. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're working with a person that he's one of a kind. Um, what's it been like having different guests on? I know like Alex Reamer has come on a few times. So who's been like guys that you've enjoyed interacting with on that show? 
Yeah, I mean, I like I like all the guys. I like all of them. I think, um, you know, I wish there was more kind of like fighting Reamer types. And I know that that's kind of a, a criticism at times. But I think the reality is uh, that's a criticism that would exist across the board in every fucking show top to bottom because people who are conservative you know at least jerry wants people who are liberal to come on and nobody will come on so it's just like what can you do you just, conversation even fight it yeah, out but yeah but you, like, nobody else in the world kind of like an alex reamer that is on the dip on the different side that will have actually actually come on and have a conversation correct and there's also you know there's not a lot of people like kirk minahan too who's you know whichever way you think he goes he's he to me he comes off as an independent independent thinker and is willing to challenge both sides every every time there's not a lot of people like him out there for jerry to call to come on the show or for any radio station to go grab so i think it's one of those situations that it just is what it is and we end up with um you know people that are more in line of agreeing with jerry but at times i mean like like turtle boy for example turtle boy disagrees with him i'm I'm not saying it's like night and day at the end of the day if you're a conservative show and you both agree with each other and you know there's an audience for that then more power to you you know what i mean um So I, I like all the guys. I think they all bring something different and they're all like different speeds, right? Like Reamer is aggressively uh, the opposition of Jerry. And then right, you know, right. Turtle Boy is agreeing with Jerry, but he's also kind of like, out, not out to lunch in a bad way, but he's like kind of, uh, um, you, know, you know, a louder voice in the scene. And then Shattuck is calmer and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just thought to Bob. Either way, like I always say this all the time and it's no disrespect to those guys. It's the Jerry Callahan show. You know, and people are coming to hear Jerry Callahan speak and, you know, and they are. And we, the show is doing really well. It's growing. It's continued to grow. And so hopefully it's, uh, you know, it's only going to get bigger and better. That's the goal. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, where can everybody find you on social media, on Twitter? Um, yeah, on tw- yeah, on Twitter, it's just Dave, at, at Dave Cullinane. Uh, that's really the only place. The Instagram is just like my family shit, so that would yep. probably bore bore people. Um, but yeah, at Dave Conan, we do the morning thing. Where it's it's fun, it's funny, it's hopefully it's. Uh, I honestly I can't even describe it. I mean, you you did a better job like uh, saying what it was because I just even yet like yesterday's show I thought was like super funny and it went well. And then I got up today and I'm like, how do I replicate what happened yesterday? And then I was like, well, I don't know what happened yesterday. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's no format or anything like that. Just, it's just stupid. It's a hangout. People, I, I think just because I'm able to like play music and I have a microphone on, people don't think it should be compared to like somebody going live on Instagram, which it really just is. It's just like a yeah. selfie. It's like a selfie live stream that, uh, you know, I'm very fucking fortunate and thankful that people interact with it in a funny way. You know? it's, got a little, it's got its own little cult following uh, yes. that, that are waking up at six in the morning to come listen to you. For that are in on the joke, you know, that are in yeah. on the joke and, and it's, and it's fun. And if it ends tomorrow, it ends tomorrow. And you know, as long as we laughed a couple days out of it, it's, it's, it's a nice little coffee break. Hopefully it's a coffee break for me. Hopefully it's a good little start coffee break for everybody else. And yeah. uh, who watches, but, oh, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story, I guess. All right, Dave, thank you so much. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the My Parents Office podcast. Uh, look forward to more content we're putting out. And uh, thank you guys.